Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. The title for today, though, is God Gives Second Chances. God Gives Second Chances, Joshua 8, 1 to 2. I'm only going to get through a couple verses today. Did you ever wish you could have a, a second chance in some area of your life? To go back, wouldn't it be just you ever think, boy, I wish I could just go back in time and do something over again? You ever feel like that? I do every day. <laughs> That's why movies like Back to the Future are so popular, you know, because it gives us a chance to go back and, and fix a mistake and and deal with the consequences that we're facing today because of that mistake. But as you know, we can't go back and change our past. We can't go back in time. We can't change our past, but we can change our future. We can change our future by what we do today. By what we do today. Because God gives second chances. Through his mercy and grace, we can all have a second chance. And we're going to look here at chapter 8. We finally got through chapter 7. It was hard, right? We saw what happened. The Israelites, which is a picture of us, they're a physical picture of a spiritual battle that we're facing. It's all about our, our battle. The whole book of Joshua is about us today. It's a physical battle, and we're facing a spiritual battle. And they were having victory, 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 and then they had the hidden sin, Achan sin, hidden sin. Then they faced defeat. First time they faced defeat in their promised land. Some of you may have struggled with some defeat this week. <laughs> I think we all have, right? And then they were, uh, faced God's discipline, and then, they, then God judged the sin, judged Achan. The people of Israel repented, and now we see that they're restored and this restoration gives us great hope. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your mercy and grace. We thank you for giving your son Jesus to die on a cross in our place. So that we can have a new life. And we, pray, we are thankful, Lord, that even in this new life, many times we stumble and fall, that we can still continually turn to you for mercy and grace. I pray that we would be encouraged and have great hope because of this, the word today. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. But we're going to do Joshua 8, verses 1 to 2. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Take the whole army with you and go up and attack Ai, for I have delivered into your hands the king of of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. You shall do to Ai and its king as you did to Jericho and its kings, except that you may carry off their plunder and livestock for yourself. Set an ambush behind the city. So what's the difference this time? What's different here? Now, we know we already attacked Ai, got defeated, had to come back, the whole thing, right? But what's different here from what happened in Jericho? What jumps out at us? Okay, I heard several different... Yeah, they could keep the spoils, right? Jericho, they couldn't touch anything. They weren't allowed to touch anything, but here they could. In fact, from now on, they're allowed to keep whatever they can take, you know? They're given the spoils of the victory, the spoils of the victory. They're given that here. And God was just testing them the first time. He was just testing them. 
with Jericho. It was a lesson on who gets the glory. God gets the glory. It was a lesson on first fruits. God gets the first fruits. But then after that, he gives it all back and so much more. From then on, they get to keep everything. We never lose by obeying God. We never miss out. The world tells you, if you follow God's way, you're going to miss out and all that stuff. We never miss out. We never lose by obeying God, do we? Who's the only one who missed out? Achan. Achan and his family are the only ones who missed out because they didn't obey God. And, and this is really something that jumps out here is tithing, right? They were supposed to give that first city to God, and after that they got to keep the rest. And that's a picture of, of tithing. We're supposed to give the first 10% to God, and then we keep the rest. And, but when we disobey God in this, and it's a hard thing to obey, but it, when we disobey God on this, we miss out on his blessings. We miss out on being used by God, but we also, not only being used by God, but then he can't bless us fully because of that disobedience. Am I saying that if you, uh, well, I'll give you an example. There was a, I remember a guy years ago in our church, new Christian, brand new Christian, and he came under conviction. He and his wife came and met with Kim and I, and he said, we what's this tithing thing? And I showed him the Bible, you know, you give your first 10%. And then New Testament, it's sacrificial giving, which is more than 10%. You know, that's when you give more to help people in need and you give the, the missions and that's a whole other thing. But, but the first 10% is you give right to God. And, uh, and I, we showed him that and he was a new Christian, but he said, okay, I'm going to do it. He decides to do it and the next week he lost his job. I'm like, God, what are you doing? You know? <laughs> Why do you always have to do this? Make my job that much harder, you know? <laughs> and so, so I, and then they came and said, well, we lost a job, and now we just have these part-time jobs, and we don't have much money. What should we do? I, well, God says tithe. Give, give that first 10%. Give it to them. And I, it's just it's a step of faith. So he said, okay. But they were really wrestling with it. And then they came back and said, we're going to do it. You know why? God showed us a lesson. We we give our kids an allowance and our oldest daughter we gave her two dollars and fifty cents for her allowance and we gave it to her and we said now listen it's really important that you tithe and we were explaining the tithe and so so you should give ten percent of your allowance to god and their daughter said i have to give a quarter to god she was all complaining you know i gotta you expect me to give up a quarter and and they were like laughing about it. they're like that's so funny what's a quarter you know and they're like wait a minute then it hit them. What's 10% giving to God when he gives us all this, right? And so they, by faith, did it. And a crazy thing, a short time later, he got this job and he became super successful. <laughs> it was un- just blessed out, unbelievably blessed. It was crazy. Now, am I saying you're going to get rich if you tithe? No. Don't listen to these TV preachers and, you know, any of that stuff, you know. That, that's not what I'm saying. But, God promises to meet our needs. He promises if we will honor him and obey him, he promises to meet our needs, and we will be blessed by obeying. We will be blessed. And the word blessed means really happy. doesn't mean you're going to get a lot of money, but your needs will be met. That's guaranteed. 
But there's a blessing, there's a a joy, there's a joy that we get. You know, blessed are the poor, blessed are the merciful. That word means, blessed means to be happy, really. But it's not worldly happiness, it's it's a deep joy and peace that we have. Because God will bless us in all areas of our life. It's not just financial. Finance is a tiny sliver, supposed to be a tiny sliver of, of our life, right? But God, when we obey God, and tithing is just one ear, but when we obey God, God can bless us. We never lose out when we obey God. In every area of our life, we never lose out. Then God can bless us. In the long run, he can bless us in all areas of life. It might not be automatic. Oh, you know, there's not a formula. If I do this, God does that. No, no. But God will bless us in all areas of our life if we're obedient. So Joshua 8.1, I'm just going to read the verse 1 again. Then the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Where have we heard that before? Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Remember Joshua 1.8? It was the commissioning that he gave them before he goes in, but he's given them a recommissioning. He's, he's recommissioning them here, and uh, he says, do not be discouraged. Take the whole army with you and go up and attack Ai, for I have delivered into your hands the king of Ai and its people, his city and his land. You shall do to Ai and its king as you did to Jericho and its king, except that you may carry off their plunder and livestock for yourselves, set an ambush behind the city. God gives them a second chance. God gives us second chances. When we hit our knees and we remove the sin, when we respond to conviction, we respond to God's word, we respond to it, he gives us another chance and he will use us again. He can use us again because our fellowship has been restored. The relationship is close again. That's the whole point, right? Having a close relationship with God. He may keep us waiting until the discipline is completed, until the refining is finished. He keeps us waiting until that discipline, that refining is finished. We're going to talk about that next week. Wait, don't miss next week. And then, and then we wait for that clear lead. He gives them a clear leading to go back after AI again. We wait for that clear leading. But... But in that time of waiting, and in that time of refining, and in that time of discipline, don't let the accuser discourage you. Don't let Satan discourage us. Don't let him, don't let him do that, because remember, God's purpose, God's purpose in this discipline, this God's purpose in restoring us, his purpose is for our good. That's his whole purpose. And no matter what mess we make, if we will hit our knees and submit to him and surrender again, he will work for our good. Romans 8, 28. I hope you have this memorized. <laughs> I'm tired of reading it every week, right? We've got to have this memorized, right? And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. In all things, not some things, not when we've done well, In all things, God works for the good. That's a promise that we have. And it's very important to hang on to these promises when we're being disciplined. But hang on to these promises because if we're truly broken, if if we're truly broken before God, we can claim those promises. We can claim 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, every time you get the accusation, answer it. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. God will do it. Sure, there's consequences. You rob a bank, <laughs> there's a consequence. You're probably going to have to spend some time in the jail, but you can still repent and, and, st- and God can forgive. 
There's still consequences, but we'll submit. God will even take those consequences and turn them for his good. He will even take them and bring a blessing out of the mess we've made. God's a junk artist. I say it all the time. He's a great, he's the ultimate junk artist. God is a God of second chances, of third chances, of fourth chances, of a hundred chances, of thousands of chances. Thank you, God. Think of Jonah. Jonah says no. Gulp, gulp. All right, yeah, next thing, he's headed to Nineveh. Second chance. Peter denied Jesus three times. And yet God uses him powerfully. And he ends up being crucified upside down. Didn't deny him the second time. God will still use us in AI. We see in this passage in, in, in Joshua 8, the second time he says, go back to AI. The first time you're supposed to take it, they didn't. They were defeated. The second time he says, go and take AI. He gives them a second chance. He says, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. He's giving them that recommissioning from 1 verse 8. He's encouraging them. He says, this time take the whole army, right? Remember the first time, all that pride? This time take the whole army. Stay humble. Do it God's way. Do it my way, right? The theme song in hell is, I did it my way. Right? They're all humming that tune. I did it my way. This is God's way, doing it God's way. He says, take the whole army. We're to put on the whole armor of God. Missing one piece of the armor? Not good. Not good, right? He says, go and attack. He says, go and attack. They're just defeated. He says, go back and attack them now. The whole idea is perseverance. When we, we get knocked down, we're, we're defeated in our spiritual life, we're to persevere. We all stumble and fall. The key is to confess and get back up again and go at it again. To, 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 keep, to keep going back to God for mercy and grace and keep going at it again. And God says, I have delivered. He says, I have delivered AI into your hand. It's done. It's already, in God's sight, it's already done. They just have to have the faith to act on what God has already done. The faith to obey. The faith to persevere. The faith to get back up and go again. The key is to depend on faith, not feelings. And that's why you have that little slip of paper in your, your bulletin there, that little green slip. I want you to take that and put it somewhere. You'll see it every day because this is really, 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 really important. The way God has set up the spiritual life to victory is he's given us his word to follow. This is God's word. This is the fact. This is the truth, all right? And the key to our spiritual life is to say, okay, what does God's word say and I'm going to put my faith in what he said. I'm going to act on that by faith. It might go against everything the world says. Well, it does go against everything the world says. It may go against what our, our emotions are telling us, what our temptations are telling us, what our body is telling us, what our mind is telling us. It may go against everything in us. But we say, you know what? God's word says this. I'm going to put my faith in what he's saying. I'm going to act on that in faith. 
And then, after that, the last thing is the emotions will start to follow. The emotions will start to follow. That's the key, is the, the, the train engine has to be God's word. And the next link in the train has to be our faith. And last of all is the emotions. Now what happens if we allow our, the emotions to drive the train? Train wreck. Right? That's what happens. If you, if you put emotions as the, the engine, your life's going to be a train wreck. If we allow emotions to pull the train, our faith will then depend on circumstances and, and how we feel. And that's when we have train wrecks on the temptations and all that stuff. Emotions are good. Fear and, and love and anger, it's all given by God. Their emotions in, in the proper place are good. But most, well, all of our emotions have been conditioned by the world and sin. Growing up, Growing up and being conditioned by all that we see and hear and all the, the sinful nature, they're conditioned to, to, to be messed up. So if we follow those emotions, you're going to have a train wreck. We must renew our emotions. We must renew our minds. Very, very important. Romans 12, 1 to 2 says this, Therefore, I urge you in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Now get this. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Vital to renew our mind every day. That's why the word is so important. That's why reading it and memorizing it and meditating on it and praying about it and spending time with God, that's what renews the mind because we're bombarded. I, only, I get about... 40 minutes a week with you guys, the rest of the week bombarded, bombarded with, these, with the world's lies, right? You're constantly being told lies. And that's why you, I'm just kind of priming the pump. You've got to be in the Word. You have to be claiming you know, the Word and, and letting it renew your mind. Very, very, very important. If you're tempted in an area, if you're fearful, you're depressed, whatever it is, there has to be verses that you turn to, God's Word that you turn to and you claim and you quote and you meditate and we, we just digest them continually because we have to renew the emotion. We're, until that happens, we're like Pavlov's dog. Remember Pavlov's dog? Ding, 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 salivating, right? You know, the, he, Pavlov took his little bell and he, he, every time he fed the dog, he'd ring the bell. And the dog would eat and salivate. And then after a while, he wouldn't feed it. He would just ring the bell and the dog would salivate, right? Saliva everywhere, slobbering everywhere. And that's what the world has done to us. We, we, are, we are conditioned by the world. You know, it rings its bell. We slobber all over the place, you know? And, and this is, you know, spiritual slobber. And, God, and that's why it's so important. We have to retrain the mind. We have to retrain the body, retrain our spiritual life, retrain the emotions to follow God's bell, to answer God's bell, answer the bell, answer, it has to be God's word. We have, to, we have to discipline our emotions and grow up. So many people never grow up. They just follow the heart, follow the emotion, follow, you know, follow, your, you know, follow that, you know, that, that, that dreamlike quality out there. Just follow that. And then they wonder why they're miserable, you know, because they're, they're, you have to grow up emotionally. It's like Going into the store. I walk into the store now. We carry the baby in, and the baby sees something she wants, and what does she do? 
yeah, you know, grabbing at it, grabbing at everything. And if I don't give it to her, she cries, you know. Then I, then here's one of the younger ones, D, you know, she's almost, what is she? Almost eight, almost eight. And yeah, so D's there. At least I remembered her name. But anyway, see, uh, so you go in and she asks for something and I'm like, no. Well, I usually say yes. Let's say it's mom. Mom takes her in and I always say yes. But anyway, uh, mom, can I have some? No. And she might be a little mad, but she kind of gets it. You know, she's a little mad. The older ones know not to ask. I'm not, you know, no mom's not going to just buy them candy all the time. Only dad. But anyway, they, they know that. And so... So they don't even, they, they've already learned, no, I'm not going to get all the candy in the store. You know, but, but the thing is, we, as we mature, we learn to not eat everything we see in the store. You know, not take all the candy we want. You know, not, we learn to do that. We learn to, and I'm just using candy, but it could be anything. We learn self-control, emotional discipline. That self-discipline. We, we, we mature. And that's very important that we reach that maturity. So many people don't. Look at our society. They're told, whatever you feel, whatever you, just do it. Just do it. Eat it, smoke it, have sex with it. You know, whatever it is, you know, just do it. And, and that is what the world teaches. But God's word teaches us his way, the right way, the way to true joy, the way to true peace, the way to true fulfillment, the way to true blessings. That, and we have, by faith, have to follow God's word and trust that the emotions are going to follow along, that they're going to heal. It takes time. It takes years. And there's setbacks. We could be doing great. And all of a sudden, wham, we get hit with something. Wham. It's okay. Get back up again. It's all part of the, the spiritual battle. We've got to get back up. Go after AI again. Very, very important. Um, we, we have to, uh, when we learn, if, a, if we're living by fact and faith, Instead of emotions, when we start to do that, it changes everything. We can be close to God. We realize that we're still close to God even when we don't feel like we're close. You ever, feel, you ever wake up in the morning and don't feel close to God? Yeah. You ever feel, wake up in the morning and don't feel close to your spouse? Yeah. You're still married, right? And same with God. You realize, hey, I'm still God's child. It's my emotions. It, doesn't, it has nothing to do with my closeness to God. It's just I'm blah today, right? Uh, I'm still saved. You ever, we still read our Bible and pray even when we're kind of blah spiritually. We still do it. We still spend time with God. We still stay with our spouse and love them even when the romance is cooled off for a time. We're in a season of cooling off, but we still love them and still treat them with love. That's spiritual maturity, emotional maturity. We say no to a temptation even though it feels good. We say no to it because we know it's not good for me. And, and that's why I want to really encourage the teenagers who are growing up and getting hammered with all these lies. Don't, don't listen to the world's lies on this. Don't follow your feelings or follow your heart. Follow God's word. Follow his heart for you. And put your faith in that. We need to put our faith in God's word and live by faith. And when we do that, the emotions will follow they will follow. Now, sometimes they're going to fall off the track, but they're going to follow. We have a toy train, and every Christmas we get it out, and the big engine, and then there's another coal car, and they pull the train around, and the, 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 the caboose comes last. The emotions come last. Yeah, so that caboose is last, and sometimes we don't get it on just right. If the, the engine is on right, it still goes around, right? If the engine's wheels aren't on right, it won't go. 
The engine's wheels have got to be on right. The rest of it will somehow get around. But a lot of times the caboose, it's so light, it's the lightest part of the train. If you've ever been at our house, you know what I'm talking about. And sometimes the wheels will come off, but it doesn't matter. The train keeps going around and around and around. There's sparks. I'm like, guys, stop it for a minute. Let's put it on right. Yeah, but but it, it keeps going because the engine keeps going. And in time, that, that caboose that's kind of falling off the track, keep putting it on, falls off, keep putting it on, pretty soon it stays on. And that's what happens with the emotions. We just got to keep putting our faith in God's word and keep you know, keep adjusting the emotion. Very, very important. Very important. It's critical to, just like they learned from AI, it's critical that we learn from our mistakes and take advantage of the second chances that we get. If we don't, what do we do? We keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again. And so many people, nobody here, but so many people, you might know someone like this, when we're disciplined by God, we get mad at God, right? We get mad at God. We blame God for the mess we're in. And what happens when that happens? We get stuck spiritually. We get stuck. Very important to just surrender and recognize what he's trying to do in our life. Because if we will accept God's discipline, if we will submit to God, he will give us a second chance. Yes, there's still consequences. King David repented, but there were still consequences, right? There's still consequences, but he submitted, and there's always some sadness, right? There's always some sadness. We realize that this is really second best. You don't think Adam and Eve thought about that? As they are outside the garden and saw one son killed another son, and they saw the effect of their sin, I'm sure they were like, second, this is second best, but yet they receive God's mercy and grace in a powerful way in, in Genesis. I'm sure here with AI, look at the difference now. Instead of going up and taking it, they had to do an ambush. Wait till we look, study how they, God made him take it. It was very humbling. They were humbled, but God still used them. Yes, there are scars. Anybody have any spiritual scars? <laughs> we could probably all scarred all over the place, aren't we? And in teens, I hope you listen to your parents because the reason your parents are constantly warning you is they don't want you to have all the scars tissue that we have, right? Listen to them. They're trying to learn from your parents. But by God's grace, those scars can be reminders of God's mercy and grace. Isn't that what our scars are? The reminders of God's mercy and grace. The scars in our life. By God's grace, it can have to happen. Will you start over today? You may have crawled in here today. <laughs> like, what am I doing? I did some crawling this week. You may have crawled in this week and you just crawled in and like, you know, but God will let us start over today. Forget yesterday. Forget this morning. Forget the car ride over. You know, forget it. Start right now that's what baptism is all about you saw the baptism video oh boy if you haven't taken that step of bap you know as a believer putting your faith in christ if you haven't taken that step of baptism start getting ready for next year because it's awesome 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 can't describe it but that's what it's all about it's about we have a new life in jesus christ it's a new start will you start over today will we hit our knees and say god Whatever you need to clean out, clean it out. I want that new start today. Maybe it's your marriage. 
that needs a new start. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's struggles with your parents. Maybe it's a friendship that you're struggling with. Maybe there's a sin that you're battling with. Uh, maybe something really strong. Maybe it's, maybe it's, you have a problem with stealing or cheating or, or maybe, maybe it's a sexual sin. Maybe you uh, here and you've lost your virginity, but you say, God, I want to start over. I want to be a spiritual virgin in your sight. I want to be pure in your sight. Maybe you've had an abortion. I know a lot of people have shared with me about their abortions. And, and you can have a brand new start. So many people hold on to the sin of abortion and, and they beat themselves with it forever. It is a, it's a hard thing. But if you will even take that before God's throne of grace, he will forgive and restore you and, and make your life new in Christ. And there's many women in here who will be happy to sit down and talk to you. All you've got to do is say, Kim... Connect me with someone and, and we'll get you connected because there's, the healing is there. Maybe it's drugs or alcohol and it's just so powerful and you feel like I'm, I'll never be able to, to break this. But by God's grace, by God's grace and a lot of support, you, you can do it. Maybe it's witnessing to someone. You've really messed up. Your actions have messed up and, and, and hurt your witness. But you can, you can today say, I want to start over. I want to... And the people will know, the people we've hurt, the witness that we've hurt, people see the change in our life. They can see that. That will affect them. Maybe it's, maybe it's your emotions that need healing, a brand new start. Maybe you, emotions you're just eating, eating or watching garbage on TV or the music you're listening to or it's a computer, you got addictions on the computer. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's anger and unforgiveness. Whatever it is, we can start over. We can start over over today today maybe you need to talk to someone talk to me talk to a counselor christian counselor we'll get you connected to get the healing but but the starting point is turning to god and saying god i want the brand new start i want you to i want to have i want to get off of my face and onto my knees and, and let your mercy and grace work in my life and don't think you can't go to god at any time for anything Hebrews 4, 14 to 16, I hang on to this, and I hope you have it memorized, or you do memorize it, but you can start over any second. Right now, you can have a brand new start to life, a brand new do-over in life. Hebrews 4, 14, where he says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us, let us hold firmly to our to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. He knows exactly what you're facing. He's been faced the same temptation. He didn't give in to it, but he faced it. He knows what we're going through. Let us then, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence. Who's on that throne? God the Father is on that throne. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. No matter what we walked in carrying, no matter what we crawled in under, we can go to that throne of grace right this second and say, God, I need mercy and grace. Please forgive me and give me the strength to, to, to battle what I'm battling. I need your mercy and grace. Starting over. God will always let us start over at any time in our life. Any time. 
I have a, a, a sports story that I have saved. I don't know if you've ever heard of Roy Regal. This reminds me a lot of the Christian life. On New Year's Day 1929, Georgia Tech played the University of California in the Rose Bowl. Anybody remember that? <laughs> Probably not. But Roy Regal recovered a fumble for California, but he became confused and he ran the wrong way. Now you're starting to remember this guy. He ran almost to the goal line. One of his teammates tackled him from behind, took him down right near the goal line. Oh, just before he scored for the wrong team, right? California tried then from where they were, they tried to punt the ball, but Tech blocked the kick and scored a safety, which ended up being the winning margin. So what he did cost them the game. It ended up, they ended up losing 17 to 15. During halftime... The Cal players sat quietly waiting for the coach to erupt because he was a really tough guy, right? Um, and the whole time, the coach was very quiet, though, and the whole time, Roy Regals was sitting in the corner weeping, unconsolable. He was crying like a baby. Coach Price didn't say anything. He just finally said, Men, the same team that played the first half will start the second. The players all went out of the locker room except for Roy. He didn't move. And the coach said, Roy, didn't you hear me? And Regal said, I couldn't face that crowd in the stadium to save my life. Coach Price put his hand on Roy's shoulder and said, Roy, get up and go back. The game is only half over. And he went in there and he played like a madman. He was, they didn't win the game. They came within two points. But they could not pull it out. But the Tech players all said, after the game, they never saw anyone play like Roy Regal. And that's a picture of us. We mess up a lot, don't we? But God is there waiting. Not to punish us, but to discipline us, yeah. Get our attention. But then once he has our attention, he's waiting to encourage us. To give us his mercy and grace. No matter how many times we mess up. No matter what we've done for, for, for anything. Maybe you're here today and you've never taken advantage of God's grace. 
We've never taken advantage of his grace. We've never put our faith in his son, Jesus Christ. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God knew we were going to mess up. He knows how sinful we are. So he sends his son Jesus to die on a cross to take our sin, to take our punishment in our place. And all he asks us to do is put our faith in his son, to repent of that sin, to turn away from that old life and put our faith in Jesus, giving our life to him. Have you ever taken that step of faith? Because of what Jesus has done, we can start new today. Because God will forgive anything. Anything. 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11 gives a partial list of what God will forgive. But it's a pretty shocking list. And he's talking to the New Testament church. That's us. And he says to them, Paul says, Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. That's what we were. Anybody ever says you can't change any of those areas of your life? Don't listen. It's a lie because God's word says it could be what we were. If we will put our faith in Jesus Christ, we could be washed, sanctified, justified, just as if I never sinned. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? God will forgive anything. I'm going to read one more story. Mr. Finney and the Gangster. Anybody ever hear of Finney? The great revival preacher. And there, he had a, a, quite an experience one time with, with his revival preaching. After one of his revivals, a man approached him. And he said, Mr. Finney, can we talk? And he said, sure. And he says, follow me. And he took him down a dark alley. They were in a city. And he took him through this dark alley up a locked door and up back stairway and he get inside there and he says sit down Mr. Finney and then this guy sat behind his desk and he pulled out a gun. Mr. Finney the man said I've heard that you said that the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse a man from all of his sin. Is that true? No Mr. Finney answered I don't say that. The Bible says that. Okay, Mr. Finney, the man says, I've got a lot of crooked business going on behind this wall. There's gambling, bookies, loan sharks, prostitution. I take men for money from people and I don't care how I get it. Now tell me, how can God cleanse me of that? Mr. Finney said, Sir, the Bible says that the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse a man from all of his sins. Well, Mr. Finney, I'm not through. I own bars all over town. I have seen 
people ruined by what I sell them. I've seen their wives and children come in here begging me to stop selling alcohol. I've had my men literally throw them out of the store and I continue to sell it. I don't care what it does to them or their families. Can God forgive me for that? Mr. Finney answered, Sir, the Bible says that the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse a man from all of his sin. I'm still not finished, the man said. I also own a mansion. <clears throat> I have a wife and a daughter. I hardly am ever there, though. When I'm home, I'm horrible. I treat my wife like a slave. I abuse her. I yell at her. I beat her. I treat my daughter the same way. One time, she got me so mad, I, I, I pushed her, and I, she slammed into the stove, and boiling water poured all over her and burned her side and her legs. Tell me, Mr. Finney, can God forgive me of that? Sir, said Mr. Finney, in a weeping voice, the Bible says that the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse a man of all of his sin. I'm still not done, Mr. Finney. Do you see this gun? Yes, said Mr. Finney. I've been watching that gun. <laughs> he picked up the gun. He said, Mr. Finney, I've had some individuals removed by my, from life by my hired men. In fact, Mr. Finney, I've removed a few of them myself with this very gun. Now tell me, can God even forgive and cleanse me of that? By now, Mr. Finney said he was very frustrated. He walked over to the man and he grabbed him by the shoulders and he said, Listen, I've told you the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse a man. From all of his sin. All you have to do is plead the blood of Jesus. To believe he died for you. To believe he bore all of your sins on the cross. He is faithful and just to forgive you. And cleanse you of all. All your sins. With that, the man dropped his gun, slumped his shoulders and said, Mr. Finney, thank you. He took him out, unlocked the door and sent him on his way and he came back to his desk and he started weeping. He stayed there, there the entire night and then he went home the next morning. His wife heard him go upstairs and said to the daughter, could you go ask your father, said to the daughter, could you, the wife said, could you go ask him if he wants some breakfast? She was afraid to go do it because usually she got ripped into, but she did. And uh, she, but she was afraid to go in, so she just yelled, Dad, would you like some breakfast? The father said, no, sweetie. She was shocked and excited. She ran down and said, Mommy, Daddy called me sweetie. He says, no, no, you're, mis you're mistaken. Please go upstairs and ask your father if he wants breakfast right now before we all get in a lot of trouble. So the girl went, left the kitchen, went upstairs, and she didn't come back down. The mother was concerned. She feared for the worst <laughs> again. When she got to the top of the stairs, she looked in the room, and there was her husband holding the little girl on his lap. And singing to her. The mother was shocked, slowly walked in, 
The father, with tears coming down his face, said, Honey, I've heard the most wonderful truth I've ever heard. It is really true. The blood of Jesus Christ really can cleanse a man from all of his sins. This story called Mr. Finney and the Gangster. And so it's saying that the man turned his whole life around. He sold all of his crooked businesses, fired all of his crooked workers, closed all of his bars. He paid back all the money he owed and stole from people. He also made restitution to all the people he hurt. He became an effective leader in the church. He contributed much money to charity and helped out in the community. He became an awesome witness for Jesus. His testimony and witness helped to save many people. He knew that if God could save him, God could save anyone, no matter how horrible a person is. The blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse a man from all of his sins. And I'm reading this off for Friendship Ministries. I just saw that. I don't know if Mel's here. One of Mel's favorites, obviously. God can forgive anything at any time. At any time. No matter where you are in your life. Think of the thief on the cross. And I'll end with this. Think of the thief on the cross. Anything at any time. This man was one breath from hell. And he put his faith in Jesus. The thief on the cross. God will forgive anything at any time. And it's never too late. It's never too late. You know, one of the things I've struggled with, Ryan dying, was where is he spiritually? Really agonizing. Most of you know his story. He followed God, then he fell away, and really, really fell away. Really struggled with this. And, you know, because, you know, if, if we lose someone, even a child, if you know they're with God, it's okay. We're sad, but at least we know they're with God, right? Isn't that like, you know, that's, that's at the end of the day, the only thing you really care about. And, just really praying about this and Kim was on Ryan's computer going through it carefully looking for some clue of where he was at and two days before he died he rented a movie it's the only movie he rented the entire year Ryan if you knew him lately he hated movies didn't watch anything but he rented and watched a movie called The Passion of the Christ. If you've watched that, you know the ending. The thief on the cross. And that just gives us hope that even though he was at the end of his rope in so many ways that 
he saw the love of Christ and turned back to Christ. Wherever you're at, we can always turn back to Christ. One breath from eternity, we can turn back to Christ. We can give our life to him. Just a prayer of faith. Let's pray. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus? Maybe there's things, no, definitely there's things in our life that seem so terrible, so horrible, so hurtful that we've done or that, that, that's happened to us. But no matter what we carried in today, we can leave it at the cross right now. Just like that thief on the cross. We can turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, remember me. A simple prayer. Please forgive me for my sin. I turn away from that. Forgive me. Because I put my faith in Jesus. I'm going to follow him. Remember me, Jesus. If you've prayed that simple prayer of faith, your life will never be the same. Your eternity will never be the same. It's all been washed away. You have a brand new life. In Jesus Christ. You can go to God anytime for anything. For his mercy and grace. I just want to encourage you. If you've prayed that prayer of faith. To let somebody know. Maybe here with a family. Or family member or a friend. Maybe you're. Tell me on the way out. Or fill out the card in the bulletin. Or send me a text or an email. Let somebody know. Because we're going to be so excited. And we want to be able to encourage you in your new life in Christ. For those of us who have already put our faith in Christ, how is God speaking to us? Maybe we've already put our faith in Christ, but our life has, we've been experiencing defeat. We haven't had the joy and the peace. But today can be a brand new start God is waiting the game isn't over he's waiting to encourage us if we will turn to his throne of grace and ask for that mercy and grace every day every hour every minute every second Father, I pray that 
each one of us would be able to look back at this day as a day of new starts, of getting back in the race, back in the fight, of progressive victory as we let your word drive the train, as we put our faith in what you are saying and take that step of faith. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.